shall we begin? And we shall begin. <laughs> hey everyone, this is Zach Jenkins and Matt Sibley back for Legion Quest. Matt, how are you doing today? Well, I didn't podcast last week, so it felt so weird. <laughs> I wasn't going to podcast last week, then I accidentally started a podcast, which I think... <laughs> oh, yeah. Did we talk about that in the last Yeah, episode? we talked about how you were reviewing the stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'll plug that at the end. And then... Friggin' Wednesday night, I'm sitting down, me and my wife are playing darts in the basement, the kid's asleep, it's like 10 o'clock, and I get a Zencaster link on my phone, so I'm like, oh, well, I'm just gonna go to my computer and click on that link. And then it turns out, you know the book X-Men 92? Yeah. You're, yeah. Hmm. Uh, this guy from another podcast, Multiversal Q, was interviewing them. And earlier that day, I had asked questions. They put out a thing for questions. I had several. <laughs> the very first one was, why was I not invited? And they resolved that very quickly. It's a good thing you asked that first, because... Yeah, no. Then I went into tangents about Maggot and a bunch of stuff about the 90s. Extremely yeah, on that... Oh my gosh, it was the weirdest thing and Zencash didn't actually say that we were recording. Like it did, it didn't show up like it does when I'm in control. So I was trying mm-hmm. to figure all that out, <laughs> but it worked out. So mm-hmm. I didn't plan on podcasting between these happened. times. Yeah, I've it's fallen into it. a weird trap. <laughs> this is my life now. So, as you, the listener, may uh, have figured out, Legion is off air for a little bit, <laughs> couple months. Yeah, a lot only of a couple. <laughs> Which puts us in the precarious position of having a show based around a thing that doesn't currently exist. So we decided to talk up to like just yeah. play to that strength. So we're going to talk about Matt. Well, something that doesn't exist, but we would like to. <laughs> exactly. We are going to talk about what Legion comic we would want to see. Now that, you know, Legion is a mild success, and everyone loves Synergy. Yeah, Corporate Synergy is definitely the best. Hey, 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 speaking as a guy who is seven-eighths of the way through his MBA, eh, Corporate Synergy is fine. It's okay. Mm. (laughs) You start to get to a point, and you're just going to hit yourself like, well, why aren't I doing this? (laughs) So, what we are planning on doing is discussing you know what creative team we'd like to see on a legion book just a pitch of it and just kind of talk about that for a bit because we've got to do monthly episodes to keep all of you guys engaged and also yeah, just the output we had in the first two months is going to fast become our yearly output <laughs> yeah that's going to happen that's that's the problem with eight episode seasons mm. We didn't logistically think this through as well as we probably should have. We also weren't entirely sure whether it was just going to be a one-season thing. <laughs> yeah, we thought Which would have been fine, because it was a great season of television, mm. but now we just got to work around that. It's a good problem to have. Mm. At least they told us in advance before the season ending, as opposed to getting to that point not knowing, like, so do we carry on? Or <laughs> Yep. So, Matt, Legion... 
He has had one solo series before, which his name was not in the title. So this would be the highest profile Legion book ever. So if you were doing a creative team for the most high profile Legion book ever, who would you choose? Okay, so let's kick off with my main one. And I initially went for, like, my, my first went to Morrison because it's trippy, but, like, it, it's an easy answer. And then, you know, someone like Ellis, who is able to kind of take high-concept stuff and, you know, pla- you know play the long game, it's, it's, he feels too close to Spurrier for me, just because of the fact, like, they're both British and have that kind of similar dry tone to them, in a way. They and can then, both go on about techno babble for yeah, really, exactly. really long time, and now I'm mad that Warren Ellis hasn't written Doctor Nemesis. <laughs> oh god, that would be wonderful. It's good. Like, he'll pick a new six-issue project. Dude, do not get me. Oh, a six-issue Doctor Nemesis here. If you guys don't know who Doctor Nemesis is, Doctor Nemesis is a science Nazi fighter guy, <laughs> and he's he, great. He is. He's actually a golden age hero that. <laughs> Matt Fraction just decided to pick up one day. And Spurrier put it in the next club, and it was great. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Mm. I'll put I'll put a link in the as mentioned. I initially I initially thought of Lemire as well, but his Moon Knight run is I think very similar ground f- for him for this. Right. And so I finally settled on uh, Mary Lou, who did or who you know kind of kicked off X 23s stuff. She had a brief run on it. Astonishing X-Men. Right. Actually, no, it wasn't so brief, was it? It was more like a third of the title. And then she's doing Monstrous right now, and I think mm-hmm. when, I've, when I thought about those three, it's like they're all very much about like this sense of belonging, and so you know, like for Legion, he's kind of, you know, X-Men is about finding your place in the world, and, but then it's amplified within Legion because there's so many of him, so it's about finding that internal piece as well. Right. No, that's that's not someone I would have uh, picked up on, and I haven't read Monstrous yet. I've heard very good mm. things. It's on. I have like a list of things to read on Hoopla, and oh, it's yeah. right near the top. Yeah, I just I've, haven't gotten around to it. It's one of the things that I'm reading in trade, just bec- like to kind of cut down on the stuff that's coming out monthly. Yeah, because I'll tell you now, Lou. I've been I've been like on the fence. I've been marginal with Marjorie Lou. Because, mm. uh, you know, her X-23, I know a lot of people love that series. Mm. I got about halfway through, and it just nothing was clicking for me. I don't know what it was. I, I knew it wasn't bad. Yeah, it just wasn't... Me. Yeah, it just wasn't mm. getting me going. Uh, her Astonishing X-Men, it was, it was again, it was good. There were some real good stuff. At the end, like she does that uh, Iceman arc with... Yeah, uh, that's really the high point of the run for me. Right. Crap, who's the artist on the... Is, is the guy from Vision. Why am I not remembering his name? Uh, Walter. Walter? His yeah. name is not Walter. <laughs> Alright, I'm, I'm looking this I up. Think, I think it's Gabriel? Yeah, Gabriel Walter. Walt, uh, oh, Walt, uh, not Walter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's your English accent. I just, I just can't tell, man. It's, it's, I'm, not, I'm not used it, to hearing it's crossing, it's crossing many time zones. It, it gets shifted in there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think Lou would be Lou would be an interesting choice. I think she could definitely do it. Hmm. I, I think she could do it really well. I think actually. monstrous is kind of the th- like that in the Iceman arc that you mentioned is where she kind of she was able to go like a little bit more 
out there with her ideas. So, mm-hmm. like, kind of Legion is a character which invites that stuff. You know, it can't just be like, a, right. oh, he's fighting Sentinels. Right. And I know, I know I'm six months behind on Marvel Unlimited, but I'm really enjoying her Han Solo series that she's doing right oh, now. Oh, yeah, yeah that was phenomenal. She was doing. Yeah. Yeah. It was good stuff. So, okay, that's a, that's a good pick. Do you want to go with your, like, first writer? I'll go with my writer. Yeah, I'll go with my writer. Uh, here's the thing. I, you, you went to, uh, Lemire, and we're like, but, you know, I think that's a little too close to his stuff. Yeah, I didn't put that extra fourth thought in. I went right to <laughs> Jeff Le- Lemire. Well, because I mean, here's the thing. It's not a bad choice. <laughs> no, no. Lemire is very good at a lot of stuff. So the first thing of his that I actually read, the first thing that caught my attention was Animal Man. Okay. He's a New 52 run, which, have you read that, Matt? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's super good. And it's very heartbreaking with... towards the end as well. Oh my gosh. Like, I, I'm recollecting it in floppies, and I'm not looking forward to doing a full reread of it, because <laughs> I know that, like, I read it before I had a kid. Oh god, And yeah. now I have a kid. Uh, spoiler, it's a story about him and his family, and... Not everything great happens to them, so it impacts his kids as well. And that's not something I'm looking forward to again. But he does that really he does a really good job mixing like the ordinary stuff with this otherworldly mm. uh, faction to it. And he's been doing the same things on uh, other books like he had a, a creator owned graphic novel that he wrote and illustrated uh, called Underwater Welder. Oh yeah, which is one of the few comics to straight up just make me tear up. Mm. And then, you know, like, Sweet Tooth has... Fr- Frontier's, like, the wrong word to use at the moment, but, like, it's, it's like, within, like, a very naturalistic setting, but it has these right. out-there elements. Yeah. I've heard really good things about that. So, Lemire... I, I People often say, you throw him on a team book, he's bad. You throw him on a solo, he's really good. I don't think it's that black and white. No. But... I can tell you between, you know, Animal Man and Underwater Welder and the stuff he's was doing on Old Man Logan where it's it's more of a traditional super sto- superhero story, but it's very psychological. It's really getting into Old Man Logan's thoughts and fears about everything. Yeah, it avoids just being like a, here's a berserker and he's in a new world that he doesn't understand, so he's going to go mad. Right. Yeah, then you get to his Moon Knight, and his Moon Knight's <laughs> phenomenal. Mm. And I'll take anyone's Moon Knight being phenomenal. Yeah, he's definitely but, had a good few years. And I'll tell you the other thing, and this is kind of from a different angle. Uh, Lemire's gonna sell. Oh, Lemire's yeah, gonna, he's gonna move books. And with a thing like Legion, I would imagine you'd want to try and get a decent push behind it because you already have the. Yeah. You already have a somewhat built-in TV audience who's been doing something new with it. Why not? Why not throw a you know A-list creative team on there and actually get a lot of people who may not have watched the show also interested? I think I think that would be. I like that pick. Yeah, because it's mine. Spurrier's run never sold particularly well, did it? So that run got to wrap up in a way like his X Force didn't. His X Force, mm-hmm. you could see the exact moment. When he got told, hey, this book's getting cancelled, so you got three issues to wrap it up. Yeah, that's what I was going to guess. The minute the main bad guy gets captured off screen, and he has to make a joke about that because that's what Cy Spurrier's going to do, and he just has to roll with it and tell the rest of his story. Yeah. But, 
Uh, yeah, that that would be uh, my pick for a writer. Now, writing is not the only important part of comics. Most people would not call it the most important part. But Matt, what would you uh, what would you what would you want to see as far as the art goes on this? Uh, I said Christian Ward, who some people will recognize from. Uh, fill in's the wrong word, but he did a couple of Ultimates issues, and then he's also doing a book with Fraction called Odyssey, which is a, like a gender-bent retelling of Homer's Odyssey, and then he's also on the Black Bolt book, which starts next month. But he also uh, would have been like turn of the decade, he did a thing with Nick Spencer about alternate universes called Infinite Vacation, which I think, like, aside from being Spencer's best work, it's about kind of this guy who's like, in the same way that, like, Reed finds the Council of Reed, he you know, finds out there's a load of different versions of him out there. Right. And so like, I feel like that, it's within his wheelhouse, and it's something which, like, he's done before, but it's not in the same way of, like, oh, he's just going to be kind of retreading the same ideas. Because that was, yeah. like, a more human story. And, you know, like, the guy, you know, uh, the guy was named Mark, and he had a name tag on there. That's very different to a guy with incredibly large hair. Right, right. No, I, I think I think Ward would be a good pick for that. Mm. I've liked the stuff of his I've seen. Odyssey, honestly, Odyssey, the writing, I think Fraction may have reached a little too far on that. Yeah, it's, it's not the easiest thing to, to connect ambitious. with. And the fact that it's only been like 12 issues in like two and a half years kind of shows how difficult it is to make it a thing consistently. It came out right at, you know, peak Fraction popularity, right yeah. as uh, Hawkeye was... In that legendary, is it going to be finished because it's so good status, mm. and uh, Sex Criminals was doing really good. Oh yeah, that before the delays. And, and I and I think I think this is like it started to come out right at about the time when uh, he left Inhuman. If that was like Christmas 2014, then that would sound right. I think it was Christmas 2014, but yeah, that book didn't grab me. But Ward's art, I mean. Ward's art is f fantastic. He does trippy well. Yeah. Real well. Yeah, and that would now, work when like you delve into the mind here. Now, does he do his own coloring on that book? Because I feel like that would be as, a big... Yeah, as far as I know, that... Like, he can't... He, I'm pretty sure he's like a digital artist, and then mm -hmm. his coloring as well, so it would make sense. Okay. okay, yeah, Christian Ward. That's a... I think that's a real good pick. Who did you have? So, for art, the trick... For what I was thinking is, I started with I started with one artist in mind. I started with Marco Rudy. Okay. And I like Marco Rudy a lot. If you haven't, for those of you who don't have a weird encyclopedic knowledge of C list artists, uh, for the big two, Marco Rudy he did a uh, New Avengers annual back in 2014 yeah. with Doctor Strange. That That's was phenomenal. so good. Uh, he actually did. Now I'm thinking about it. I think it was uh, in the did a little bit of Swamp Thing during the Animal Man Swamp Thing crossover from the New Fifty Two. That so, I mean that, that sounds right. Snyder's Swamp Thing burned through a lot of artists very quickly, so right. he's definitely done some pages. Right, but I'll tell you what I know him best for. He did one fill-in issue on Bendis's Uncanny X-Men that was amazing. Mm. That was it. Just played with panel layouts so well, and then he got on a book with Ailes Cop called Bucky Barnes, The Winter Soldier. Uh, look, the writing on that book's actually bad. Like, it's Ailescott falling into every bad trick that he has of very blunt political commentary. 
Like, to the point, it's like, okay, yes, we get it. War is bad. Yeah, it's been a while since I've read it, but that stands out. I'll tell you, it was frustrating because that was coming out at the same time as Secret Avengers, which... Oh, yeah, yeah. ...had about the same message. Yeah, and I think Secret Avengers was... was, That that was, like, insane anyway. Yeah, that was was the Secret Avengers with MODOK on the team? Yeah. (laughs) And, like, the whole thing with the bomb as well. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the the sentient bomb that sings. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was a good series. But that wasn't Legion. Uh, but no, then, yeah, Marco Rudy's art on that Bucky Barnes Winter Soldier, just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He has such a good sense of... He has, he has an ability to take something that's very dreamlike, very ethereal, and still guide a reader through it. And that's incredibly important. Because mm-hmm. you can have you can have real trippy art. Like, much as I love him, Bill Sienkiewicz, sometimes his art isn't always the easiest to follow. Nice. It's... It's like, you know, Comics Art 301 or something. Yeah, you've, I mean, I'd, I'd say that about Rudy in some instances. There. But I think, I think that's something that kind of comes with, with their style. Like, every every so often the panel layout isn't going to be immediately clear, but like you can tell that it looks good. Right. So he was my, uh, he was my number one choice, mm-hmm. and I was going with that. And then as I was, uh, as I was thinking about, okay, well, what would this book be? Mm. I realized that this book is this book is going to have to have some restraint it can't just always be trippy mm-hmm. which i don't think rudy does the best at he's very good at you know just making an otherworldly book but i have not seen him rein it in and do like a conventional comic style yeah i can't which... really think of like a shot reverse shot conversation or anything right though i'll, I'll tell you who I think could work on this is Eric Nguyen, who I had not heard of him until this week when he did an issue of Old Man Logan. Oh, yeah. That... I talked about it on my uh, my review podcast. I wasn't a huge fan of this week's Old Man Logan, but that issue had some amazing art that felt a mix of traditional comics and horror. It was, it had a lot of, and part of this was the coloring, but it had a lot of, like, Hellboy influence to it, while still having a lot of the, a little bit of the trippiness that Andrea Sorrentino had been bringing to that book. Yeah, I felt so. Like it's like panels were like ever so slightly stretched out in a way, not enough for it to be like, oh, this this doesn't look right in like a it's bad, but in like a, and this doesn't look right. And make that's because like history's distorted and stuff like that. Right. So I I honestly think he would be an excellent pick, and <laughs> I'm I'm looking up what he's done now. He's done a handful of stuff in the past, but nothing for at least Marvel, whose website I just happened to be clicking on, uh, was really there. So, yeah, I that'd be my pick. So, now that we have the creative team, what would this book actually be, Matt? Like, I, I will happily admit that this is not the most thought-out idea, because even though like I do write stuff, it's a lot looser outline-wise, and th- it seems the more plot I include, the more likely I am to have included too much. Right, I mean, like, this is kind of a pitch. Yeah. Like, this is not something that, this is not the the thing that I would be submitting if, like, I'd been asked to pitch, but it's, like, where I would... you're not getting paid to write this, so... It's a damn shame, but... (laughs) (laughs) I was, so I was thinking about the end of 
Spurrier's run, um, then kind of like thinking about how do you move past that without like completely walking it back, and then I was like, okay, Secret Wars came after that. Well, just 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 for the people who haven't read Cy Spurrier's X Men Legacy run, number one, how dare you? <laughs> and number two, it ends with Legion erasing himself from everyone's memory and all of existence forever and ever. Yeah. So it's it's a hard thing to for like you know for him to just pop up at the mansion or something and yeah so any run has to at least address that at some point yeah. so I was then thinking about Secret Wars where the fact that basically everyone got erased and then came back so like it's it's not a perfect way to get around it but it works and then like what if David one day just like saw the destruction of a world not necessarily his own kind of central personality and then he was worried about causing like if that was him causing another age of apocalypse at some point and setting out to understand what it meant and then how to stop it but not necessarily in that order huh that's nifty it's like it's yeah like sort of similar to stuff which bendis has touched on in jessica jones but i was thinking like this kind of character would allow you to actually look into that whereas you know you can't have like jessica jones dimension hopping super easily okay Okay, yeah, so he'd be he'd be going around kind of outside of the standard 616. I'm sorry, Marvel Prime Universe. Does hmm. anyone but Tom Burvart call it the Marvel Prime Universe? Because I think he's the only one. I mean, I, I haven't seen him called that in a, a long time, but he may be the only one who does. <laughs> I think they were like, well, let's try this. And um, it was like immediately retconned yeah. by the fans. If, if Sp- like, I think Spider-Woman said 616, so they gave up like, on it after a what while. Is it? Moppy from Golden Age Flash or Silver Age Flash. <laughs> uh, Nightcrawler's stuff in X Men: The Draco and the uh, Spider Man, Gwen Stacy, Norman Osborn horrible thing. <laughs> oh god, Lord! All those got retconned by the fans. This immediately joined them. Mm. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think dimension hopping, trying to figure out that stuff, that'd be a real interesting take mm. on uh, the character. It it removes him from any of the trappings he'd previously had. Yeah, I think with the way that Spurrier is starting to become like more omnipotent as well, it's a it's moving it up, but without suddenly being like he's the most powerful in the universe, and that's where we're going to stay. Right, and I think I think that's the trick with with David as a character is it's really freaking hard to write a story about someone who's the most powerful and the best at everything. It's yeah. that's why Superman's such a hard character for a lot of writers to get because you've got to find a way to challenge him that you don't normally do in the rest of the medium. Like, you can make Spider-Man go up against someone who's better than Spider-Man. It's hard to do that with soups. Well, like, the Omega level mutants, which kind of work are the ones that are on, te- are on teams, so people like Iceman, because of the fact, like, it doesn't have to always focus on them. Right. But then you can get stuff like Lou's Ark, where he does have a heavy focus, but it's then not like it hasn't become an Iceman solo book, and that's the only thing which it's going to deal with. Right, right. No, I, I like that. So I had I had a pitch that for the people who listen to this who do read comics, it's going to make some sense for some of the other people who only read this show or watch the show, get ready for something interesting. So Matt, what do you know about Dupe? I know he's a sentient green blob with a camera. Yeah, he, he's the floating green <laughs> yeah. potato that hangs out with the X-Men. He's an ecstatics and has those, oh, yeah, like, two issues with Darwin Cook. 
Oh, the amazing dupe and yeah. uh, Wolverine yeah. War team up issues. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. So, Dupe had in 2014 actually a solo mini oh, yeah. called All New Dupe. And one of the concepts that got like codified in that was called Marginalia. It was between the panels of the page. Okay. So the white space in mm. comics. That's where he, you know, existed. That's where all of his abilities came from. Okay. Essentially, he was between everything, hidden in there. So what I what I started playing with is, you know, at the end of Spurrier's run, Legion is super non-existent. Mm. But, you know, there's there's a tag at the end where a Blindfold, who has been a romantic interest of his during that entire run, maybe sort of remembers him, but isn't sure. Mm. And she's like the only person. So what I wanted to do is, you know, play with this super high Morrison-y concept of, you know what, if everyone rem- or if someone remembers you, are you really gone? Okay, so it's it's like him becoming an idea as well. A little bit, but in a very comic booky yeah. way. <laughs> so you know, he he eventually you know reincorporates himself because enough people you know blindfold the readers, all this stuff remember him. Mm. They know he exists existed even if he tried to ride himself out of it mm. so but he doesn't find himself in the regular world he finds himself in that white space in marginalia so it like the book would start out and it'd be like a six panel grid and the panels would be mostly empty but you'd see like text balloons coming from the margins okay so, so then, sort of like the pages in uh kieran gillen jamie mckelvey's young avengers yeah okay. yeah just like that i forgot about that but then it would open up and you'd see him like pulling the pan like the next page would him be pulling the panels apart and walking through oh, okay. wow, that's, them and then it'd... That's a really cool idea. Yeah, that was like my that was what kind of kicked this off is like, okay, wait, how do you do Legion being super powerful but not impacting the regular world as much? Yeah, that's like making so it like what... a, a fifth dimensional being. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. It'd be a Legion Mixopixic team up. That's where I was going with this. <laughs> Props on getting the name right before we move on. <laughs> Look, I can't do it backwards, so if he shows up, I'm yeah. screwed. But I, I got Mixopixic. So he's in the margins, and going back to Animal Man, because apparently I'm just I'm just pulling from that a lot for some reason. Uh one of the one of the fun concepts that Morrison did in his Animal Man run, which I haven't read and I need to, but I just know about it, is uh this concept of comic book limbo. Mm. where there were a bunch of forgotten characters that were just hanging out there, including Mr. Freeze, because that's where he was in 1990. Oh, yeah. Before the animated show. Yeah, he wasn't a big deal until uh, Batman the Animated Series brought him back with a vengeance. So he'd be living there, and David would have decided, you know, because at Spurrier's run, he was pretty much at peace with his mind. Mm. So you start with this mostly whole, mostly, you know, world breakery level David. And he's decided... He can't change the past because last time he did that, it created the Age of Apocalypse, which didn't end well for anyone. Yeah. The good ending of that book was Nuclear Holocaust. <laughs> like, that was the positive mm. part of it. It's like, well, everyone died, including the bad guys. But, so, he knows not to do that. He also knows that, you know, trying to manipulate a bunch of other people isn't the best thing. So he's kind of decided, you know what, if I can't make things better, I'll at least make them more interesting. Oh, okay. So he 
So his con, like the kind of like six, eight, first six, eight pages would be him explaining all this, how he came back. And it feels like he's talking directly to the reader. Okay. And then it would pull back and you'd be uh, figuring out he's talking to a character called Lucifer. Okay. So which it, is not so Satan. It, so if like it, it takes the animal man ideas, but flips them. Cause it's not like a, I can see you moment. Right. Right. You start to think it's going that way and then it'll swerve you a bit because I don't want David to become a fourth wall breaking Deadpool-y character. But it bring back and there's a character, Lucifer, which I don't know I don't know how deep into X Men lore you have ever gotten, but Matt, do you know anything about Lucifer? I feel like I know the name but nothing else. Well, I What's mean the... you might know the name Yeah, from, I mean I, you know. I know I know Lucifer in general, but <laughs> we're good friends. No, so he... <laughs> So he was an alien that crippled charles xavier like that that's his deal okay he he was the guy in the silver age that crippled charles xavier in the past okay i did not know that better. he also looks just like magneto without a helmet and with a goatee <laughs> okay yeah but makes sense <laughs> so he'd be talking to him and he'd be saying you know what you're forgotten too you're just like me and you know what your story had one beat like you've done one important thing in your life and this is David going on this weird kind of revenge thing. Okay. Saying, you know what? I'm going to eliminate your entire legacy. I'm going to get rid of you because I'm going to make the world better and more interesting while not changing the events that actually happened. So he would essentially retcon uh, Lucifer out of existence and replace him with, you know, like a Magneto or something to make the story more interesting. Okay. And then he'd just be the rest of the like book at least the first arc would be going through doing not really retconny things but sort of slices like, yeah like very subtle changes then yeah subtle changes and one of them like his big driving goal would be to make sure that he didn't kill destiny like okay. that's his he's working up to that point because in the comics he kills a character called destiny under the control of one of his other personalities and then he later dates destiny's great granddaughter uh blindfold <laughs> So he wants to make sure that he's doing right by Blindfold, mm-hmm. goes through that. Eventually, you know, there's a there'd be a sub thing about Blindfold trying to bring him back, trying to remember him. And eventually, I'd, I'd say like at the end of the first or second arc, he would come back into the real world. But, you know, instead of being the full formed David that we've had, mm-hmm. bringing him back was bringing in everyone's memories of him, everyone's thoughts of him. So then you get the multiple personality thing again because now he has conflicting ideas of who he is because he's created from everyone's thoughts of who he is. Mm. And I think you can play with that. What I don't want to do is get into the, you know, Department 3 or Division 3 kind of like government conspiracy stuff. Yeah. Because that's my least interesting part of X-Men to me. Like, that Weapon X book that came out this week, I don't care about that. conspiracies to defeat mutants it worked well in the show but it's been done 400 freaking times yeah it doesn't help that it's like it was focused on old man logan as well just yeah there were two bad old man logan solo books this week (laughs) but yeah so that's a that was my pitch okay i really like the blindfold stuff because yeah that was one of my favorite pairings like in general and so to kind of move forward with that without being like, oh, these two characters have never interacted before. Mm-hmm. Then, like, yeah. there's that tangible connection. But, yeah. Um, that'd be where, it's, obviously, I couldn't write this because I'm not that good. <laughs> and there's a lot to work out here. Hmm. There's a lot of details. And you would need someone 
you would need someone real good to pull this off or else it's going to come off as contrived yeah and that's the trick of it yeah that's the thing like ours are both very plot heavy and so yeah well i'm i mean we're we're both i don't think either of us are artists yeah like the patreon supporters here i'm sending out for the ten dollar level they get art by me of their favorite character <laughs> Okay. Which I wrote down on there as in crayon, <laughs> so they have realistic expectations. Oh, and it's in crayon, all right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I think both of us, at least since you know we write words onto paper a lot more than we draw, mm. are probably thinking more in the plot-heavy side. And I think, I think especially this show has shown that David works best with heavy plot. I yeah. mean, you want to bring in. You want to bring in what the audience really expects. Yeah, you can't go mundane with this, really. Oh, yeah. But David in these comics, at least in my comic, he would have his hair. He would not have uh, Dan Stevens' hair. Yeah. I feel like he has to have the hair now. Comic-wise, it's like, a big part of what his look. Yes. So to remove that is... It is. It's borderline blasphemy, but <laughs> that's fine. Me and Noah Hawley will talk about that later. <laughs> but, yeah. That's, uh, that's our pitch. So, I think we're uh, we can probably wrap this up. This has been what we're going to do. Just for people who don't know, we're going to try and do monthly episodes as this goes on until the season starts again. Uh, next month, we are planning to watch the very first time the X Men were ever in live action, the Generation X pilot TV uh, movie, next which I have heard <laughs> it's really. It's not going to be on Legion level, I'll tell you that much. I, I think I skipped through a few minutes just to I, just to have an idea I've of what it looked like. <laughs> I watched the opening credits once, and I was like, I don't have an hour and a half to devote to this at this point. <laughs> I will get back to this. And I really like Generation X, so that's going to be fun. That'll be a fun little interesting thing. Yeah. It's about the length of an episode of Legion 2, which is, yeah, okay. which is kind of great. It can't go too badly, and with timing that. You say can... that. I like, the the worst thing I've seen this year is the most hated woman in America, which is like a lifetime biopic, but with like a pristine TV kind of sheen to it. So if, if something's worse than that, I'd be impressed. Did that have a white chick playing Jubilee? Okay, yeah, Generation X is worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be. This is gonna be interesting. We'll we'll see how this goes. Uh, but until then, uh, you can check me out at Xavier Files on Twitter, XavierFiles.com, where we host all of this stuff. Uh, you can find my other podcast, Xavier Files Reviews, where I do like five, six minute reviews of all the X-Men books that come out, uh, which has been a real fun experience. Matt is still better at editing things than I am. Didn't so sound, it's, it's, I didn't sound that bad. No, nah, but I'm not happy with how my voice sounds on it. At least I think you have a good theme sheet. Uh, yeah, friggin' Retcon X is the guy who's, he put out a bunch of X-Men themed music for the Resurrection line, mm. and it's super good, and I really liked it, so I was like, hey dude, can I steal all of this? And he's like, <laughs> sure, go ahead. Oh, that's pretty swell of him. Yeah, yeah, it was, I, I got in when he had like 24 listens okay, on yeah. SoundCloud, so I was like, this is awesome, let's, let's go on with this, mm. so made that happen uh 
Yeah, Matt, where can uh, where can people find you online? So Twitter is Matt underscore Sibley, and then I'm also over at Newsarama. The next thing I write will be my 100th review for the site. I have no idea what it will be. Who knows if it's going to be... 100 reviews. Yeah, who knows if it's going to be Secret Empire. <laughs> is that is that what's up? Is that coming out? That's, is yeah. Zero coming out? Yeah, issue, issue Zero starts next week. It's like, it's that like. and the Batman Flash, the button, so... There's big stuff, which I'm like, I have a sense of unease on both sides at the moment. <laughs> Are those actually coming out the same week? Yeah. Because I remember when that got announced, it was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, Watchmen, Watchmen about Steve Rogers and a Nazi? Forget <laughs> everything else. Oh, yeah, that's a, I didn't even think about having like, it happen twice that now. That was within 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe they're just doomed to like keep clashing against one another. <laughs> so they can find you, you're doing your 100th review. Yeah. I hope it's something positive. <laughs> Me too. But uh, yeah, beyond that, we will uh, we will check you guys out next month. Uh, oh wait, I didn't plug Multiversal Q. I'm also going to be on on the issue on the episode that goes up on Saturday the fifteenth, where I kind of get surprised looped into a conversation with Chris Sims and Chad Bowers about X Men '92, which was a lot of fun. So check that out. Until then, I'm uh, I'm Zach Jenkins. I'm and that's Matt Sibley. Yeah. Oh, I'm, he's gonna. Say I'm Matt gonna Sibley, say and I, I guess your like homework is to watch Generation X if you can. But oh yeah, guys, watch watch Generation <laughs> like, X. If, if we're gonna have to go through it, so do you guys. <laughs> Suffer with us. David, David. David. Shall we begin? <laughs>